Welcome to Oversharing with the Overbees. I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And each week, you can tune in to hear us respond to your voicemails, go in depth on our lives as content creators, and hopefully leave you feeling even better than when we found you. With that being said, let's get to Oversharing. Uh, welcome, guys. Matt really got us the jerry rig here for the pod- <laughs> for the podcast, Mike's. <laughs> I, I asked for a podcast arm so that we would we didn't have to hold the microphones, and Matt was like, "Perfect!" I got online and I found a killer deal on these awesome arms that were like twenty five cents, and they came in, and they are in fact just like trying to hook a microphone up with a one of those sticky hands, you know, that you're throwing at the ceiling as a kid, and your parents would get ticked. These are two of the cheapest microphone arms money can buy. Why would you do that? I thought I was getting a great deal. Are you just- honestly all they lack? They would be so much better if we if this arm was big enough to hold on to the chair, the arm of the chair. I feel like you're trying to go cheap when you don't need to. <laughs> you know, like I, I mean, I saved uh, dozens of dollars. Right, but you didn't. Maybe even a whole dozen. You know why you didn't? Because I'm going to have to buy parts to make these work. <laughs> you're not buying parts to make these work. You're buying us real arms. Oh, well, then uh, these are going to be a drop in the bucket anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, these will be really great for something. We do this every week. Uh Uh-huh. Our goal is to do this as like a part of our job. Yeah. To have it be a real income. And not, not, so I shouldn't have gotten something I got a pair of for $15. (laughs) (laughs) You got the pair for 15. Two in a pack. These were seven fifty a piece. <laughs> I'm dying. That's incredible. They're holding up microphones that Here's are. Here's like- the thing. Here's the thing that I will say is if anybody's looking on how to start a podcast on a budget, <laughs> talk to Matt. Well, maybe don't talk to me. I can recommend some things to not buy. <laughs> and that's these microphones. To- Actually, these would be great if my if our chairs of our arm. The microphones mm. were not cheap. No, no, no. They were not cheap. They're much cheaper microphones on the market. Correct. They would work just fine. You literally record a different podcast with cheaper microphones. I do. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody's complained. I also have recorded episodes of that other podcast on my iPhone. Oh, yeah. Just like into... Voice memo. Yeah. Right into the, the microphone. And okay. they haven't been that horrible. No. It's not good. Okay. I don't recommend it. But if you just have lots of things to say <laughs> and you want to start a <laughs> podcast but don't have a budget... But Who you cares? Do a phone? Hit yeah. up voice memo. Yeah. Get a following. And then people will be like, can you make it sound better? Yeah, exactly. And then you can work on it. Yeah. We did it the other way around. If you're joining us, you may have noticed we're not introducing ourselves because it's already been handled, assuming this went correctly. Well, they may notice a lot of things because if all has gone well, we have different music. Uh-huh. We have an intro. Yep. A short intro, but an intro. That we don't fumble through every single week yes and uh i think those are the main things and if you're watching on youtube things have a little bit different of a look i hope i hope Mm -hmm. uh so this is episode 13 yep lucky number 13 the one where everything changes the one where everything changes probably what i'm gonna title this episode just okay so anyway the reason for that is because we are changing directions um We've really enjoyed recording the podcast. I think it's been a lot of fun. I think the people who do listen to it, um, hopefully they enjoy it. Hopefully they've been getting something out of it. Absolutely. Um, I think the people that enjoy what we've been doing have something they really like about it. And they've been sharing that with us back and forth. Now, I feel like now's the time to take that feedback into consideration. And we're really going to start honing in on where things are going. Yeah, what works, what doesn't work, which is also very valuable feedback to get. So if you have things, uh, share them with us. Yes, please. Because we are not using the production company that we've been using. So we are parting ways with them. They were phenomenal and just maybe not the best fit for what we wanted to do. Yeah, I think they just didn't totally understand uh, who we were and what our appeal was. So they kind of tried to fit us into like a different podcast box in the way that they edited and the way that they... Um, critiqued or didn't critique the show. We kind of wanted to talk through you guys with you guys the things that we want to do differently moving forward mm-hmm. because that's going to give an opportunity for you all to give us feedback. So whether you're watching on YouTube, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you listen on Spotify, uh, 
communicate with us somehow. You can DM us on Instagram. You can leave a comment on YouTube. You can email me, uh, whatever's easiest. Yeah. And uh, give us your feedback because we really want this to become more focused conversations about things that you guys want to hear more about. Mm -hmm. That's the whole goal. That's why we're here. That's why we're excited to talk. You guys have really said you've enjoyed the voicemails. So we're going to continue leaning into that. Y'all have been just blowing us up on the voicemail box. We have all kinds of voicemails. More than we can possibly get to today. We're definitely getting to the point that we won't be able to answer every single one, but we're Mm going to do our very best. Maybe even if we have enough of you hop on listening, we'll start doing a bonus episode with just voicemails. If that's something you'd be interested in. Another thing that we're really going to work on is we've been on a long uh, episode turnover. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and we've talked about it a couple different times, like the lead time between when an episode's recorded and when an episode's released for us has been somewhere in like the three weeks neighborhood. They've gotten tighter as we've had a few things come up that have pushed our recording dates. But the goal originally from the production company was to have a two or three week lead um, or a buffer, so to speak, between when we recorded and when we released. Um, we're trying to taper that down because it's making it really difficult to provide any insight into our lives that has any timeliness to it. So anything current events wise, like, you know, um, if we were on the previous schedule, we wouldn't be talking, if we were going to talk something about the elections, let's say, uh, we wouldn't be talking until like halfway to the Georgia primary, like, or not primary, whatever it is, the I'm midterm, for, midterm, midterm, but I don't know. The thing they're going to do again. You've lost me. Runoff. There it is. The runoff. There we go. Okay. <sighs> I feel like guy. out of all of the examples you were going to say, that's not where I thought you were going to go. What I was thinking is, today we're going to clue you in on our trip that we took last week to LA. Yeah. And when this comes out, you guys will know what I'm talking about because we just went last week. It will literally be a week from when we came back. Yeah. Uh, whereas... With our previous schedule, you would have been, it would have been three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So little things like that, that are just, you know, I think are going to work better for us. Yeah. I think it's going to let us keep things more current, yeah. um, which means we'll be able to talk about our lives a little bit more, which hopefully interests you. Another more. exciting thing is we have guests lined up. Yep. So if there are any guests that you would love to see us talk with on the podcast, let mm-hmm. us know. Uh, we're going to definitely have some of that coming up in future episodes. We would love to hear about what you guys want to hear about from people and who you want to hear from and all that jazz. Okay. So we have good goals. Yeah. We'll see where we go. And again, let us know if there's anything we should be shooting for. Um, anything you think would be good or bad. Yeah. Bad. Let us know what you think would be bad and then we won't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it'll just be like the longest list in the world. Yeah, exactly. All right, Matt, what's new with us this week? Our trip to LA. So we went to LA, um, met up with some content creators that are kind of in the same space as us. Um, yeah. Uh, some couples, uh, but they all kind of have a little bit of a different niche. So that was really, um, I know we were nervous going in, so we haven't done a lot of that. Matt and I were so nervous. Or I was, I I guess I don't want to speak for you, but I was so nervous because I feel like the thing with influencers and content creators is you see what they post online and you get a feel for how you think they are. Mm -hmm. And then you just never know when you meet them in person. Yeah. And I've had all situations where people are exactly how they are online. Honestly, I haven't run into very often where people are super different, but I have run into like the way that I filled in the gaps isn't the same way that the gaps are traditionally filled in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because Does that again, make sense? And we've talked about it a dozen times. Um, what you see online is just minutes of somebody's day. There is an entire rest of the day that they fill in and that they live. And um, that's really who a person is. Yeah. So I, I was just nervous. I was like, what is going to be what's going to fill in the gaps for all these people? Mm -hmm. And do we have as much comment in common as we think we do? And even if like, even if we have all this in common, how are we going to mesh? Because it's like, you know, sometimes you get in a group of people and it's like, Oh yeah, I don't fit in here. Yeah. I do anyway. Maybe you're just a true. No, I never, I never fit in. So I never go in (laughs) expecting I'm going to fit in. 
I've struggled socially my whole life. That's true. Like way more than I think you have. Yeah. I mean, I think that you, I don't know, you speak on how, how is, how have you fit in socially? Um, I'm more of a, a chameleon, I guess. I, I adapt to my environment. Like I, I read the room and then I present, um, kind of in a way that I think will go better. But did you feel like you struggled with friends or anything like that growing up? Hmm. I could always be, and and it's gotten different as I've gotten older, but I could be friendly with people. There wasn't always a lot of people that I could be good friends with. Um, and cause it's the good friendships come from when you're not, uh, projecting something that isn't necessarily true to yourself. It's when you're like, Hey, here's all the walls down. So, um, uh, I, I would find, you know, a handful of weirdos like me and, uh, those are my people and I would just have a couple of them, but, um, I wasn't just a friends with everybody, but I tended to be friendly. Like I didn't have problems. There were just, I could, I had a good feel of like, this will work. This won't work. I didn't know how to let my guard down and be confident in who I was until oh, I feel like recently. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I agree. I, uh, and it's not in the way that I feel like a lot of people feel like people have walls up, you mm-hmm. know, like I wasn't defensive or guarded. I almost think you needed more walls <laughs> to fit okay. in better. Like, like I think you were very, you were relatively unfiltered. Oh yeah. And you didn't really realize like things you did that could be off putting to people. Yeah. Like you didn't necessarily have a good read on where you fell. You know, if that, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it does. I, I think that I struggled a lot with, I wanted to be liked and mm-hmm. I wanted to have friends, but I wasn't interested in the things that people thought was cool. That's true. And yeah. I'm still not like, and I, I had a really hard time figuring out how to fit in without making the people around me who were into the things that are cool mm-hmm. uh, feel like I didn't like the things that they liked. I'm not making any sense. I don't um, think that's yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of a, a better way to, yeah. You, the thing is also you really wanted to be liked and your solution to, if you were not getting that was to like push harder was like go in on it you're like oh (laughs) if i put more in i'm gonna double down like they're going to like me i can force this to happen which is like really not necessarily the The best harder you try the more people don't like you. they will feel it they will feel the desperation they will feel the the pressure and i had it i was dripping in desperation oh absolutely nobody had more desperation yeah high school college all the way through college Like I look back and I do not wonder why I didn't have, I mean, my friends that I had were phenomenal. I have some of the best friends from college, but, but it took a while. It it took a while. But I think that was really one of the bigger things is you would just push. You would like, I can make this happen. I can force this to work, which is kind of a beautiful quality. (laughs) But like it doesn't Thanks, work. Babe. Like it really doesn't work that way in friendships and relationships. Yeah. Well, I hit this this realization though, and, and what I was trying to speak on, I'm I'm really thinking of my best friend JC a lot. My my best friend, who is my maid of honor, is the epitome of a cool girl mm-hmm. in terms of her interests and her um aesthetic and her fashion sense and the things that interest her. She loves Taylor Swift. She loves to decorate her home in all beiges. She has a dreamy aesthetic. Like what? Why are you laughing? I just laughed that you started with Taylor Swift. Well, I was just thinking of polarizing. Some people would be like, Oh, terrible. Not cool at all. Well, I was just thinking of that because like Taylor Swift thinks she's super talented. I don't listen to Mm -hmm her music. It's not just, it's not the kind of music I listen to. Yeah. Um, and I, I like, I, I think of that as in the past I would have been like, Oh, I don't listen to Taylor Swift. And the way that would have come across to people is like, um, Oh, I'm not like other girls. <laughs> and I didn't until recently learn how to state things about myself 
without putting others down. That's fair. I wasn't intentionally, mm-hmm. I don't think, putting other people down. Uh, that's the thing is I don't even know that you were putting other people down. You were. Uh, <laughs> there's just a little bit of like finesse that needs to go with it that you didn't have. None. Like No finesse. You were just like, oh, I don't like that. That's bad. Like, I don't think I said things were no, bad. I'm just, but just like that would be how it was presented. Instead right. of being like, oh, I'm really into this. Like I appreciate this about them, but I'm into this. Yeah. That's something you... Well, and I, I was really insecure about the things I was interested in because people were like, you're weird. Fair. Yeah. Anyway, I've gone way off the deep end really with have. this. But I was really nervous. Yeah. Like going into this trip because of how much I have struggled with interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I haven't struggled with friends in the last few, like I've had my friend situation pretty mapped out for a while now. Yeah. You've done really well with it. You've kind of embraced who you are and grown into yourself and found other people that like appreciate that about you. Well, and my problem, it turns out was not the women I was surrounding myself or the men. It was me. It, it really was me. And I, yeah. I think so often I hear from people that, oh, I'm not, I, I can't find the right people. I can't meet the right people. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that I wasn't meeting the right people because I wasn't uh, leaving space for anybody to yeah. be yeah. in there. At least that was my circumstance. Mm-hmm. But it made me really nervous because every time we meet new people or we're in new social situations, I revert back. <laughs> I'm like, all right, just double down and yeah. we'll try even harder. I'm going to fill in all the space. That way there's nothing like uncomfortable. Like I'm going to be everywhere all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of your default mode. It's not a okay. good default. But it can be a lot. Yeah. So. And we made it out though. We, we made did. friends. We really did. And I, I think, I don't, I don't think I filled up too much not that you can fill up. You can't take up too much space. Like that's not probably the right phrasing. No. But I, I didn't leave feeling like, oh shoot, I acted out of uh, nerves yeah. and behaved in a way that I don't mm-hmm. love. Yeah. That didn't represent. Which I do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think but, a lot of people do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably overthink their own actions a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Also when you're like a fan of a lot of the people that you're meeting. Oh, yeah. Like, these are people that I've followed for a couple years now. I've mm-hmm. followed their journeys. I've followed as they've gotten bigger. And yeah, like we're mutuals online and we comment back and forth on people's stuff. But it's still odd, yeah. like meeting them in person. Yeah, because you don't like, again, you don't necessarily know their real persona. Like, how are they in their day to day? How like what is what do they do? What what do they like? you know, beyond whatever their, their space is. Everybody was phenomenal though. Yeah, it was great. We had a really, really good time. It was time. a ton of fun. And it was really nice to, um, in this really weird job that we have, to have kind of coworkers for a week, um, to have people to go, hey, this is what we do. I kind of feel like y'all are our coworkers. That is true. All of you listening? Yeah. Hello? I feel like they're our coworkers, kind of, sort of. Yeah, in a way. Your assignment for today is to go review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Write a nice little yeah. sentence in there. Give us five stars and then tell us what we could be doing better. Yeah. Constructive criticism. We love constructive criticism. Absolutely. Constructive mm-hmm. being the keyword. With five stars. With five stars. <laughs> so that we know you love us. <laughs> deep down. Yeah. Somewhere deep, deep down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like you made friends. Yeah, which is not always the case. Well, I feel like you met guys you really connected with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That we had, like, interests in common. And, um, again, we it's weird to say, like, you know, we work the same way. But um, that's, a, that's a big part of relationships. And so um, that kind of understood my experience and what we're... Well, how many people relate to leaving their job because their wife is making videos on the internet? Yeah. I mean, I guess only a handful of guys that I was with. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that was nice. Yeah, it really was. To feel very like understood and heard. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No. And I just like them. Yeah. Good guys. They have a good group text going. Yeah. Uh, 
is everybody listening like big group text people? I want to know that. I feel like I don't have very many, but I've got a couple. And do you really think out what you want to name your group text? I don't know that ours even has a name. Oh, y'all need to work on that. Yeah. You need to be the one to dish that in. Fair enough. Uh, I, I saw a whole TikTok the other day about how your family is lame. If like your family group text name is just like family. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Like what is it and why? My family doesn't even have a group text. No. We're that off the grid. Ours is the Nexus. Yeah. Which I like. Which has a little history to it. Yeah. It has a little history. It's not just like the family. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was good though. Johnson's plus others. Yeah, I, I really liked the leaning into the group text name and really customizing. Fair enough. What would the oversharing with the Overbees group text be called? Hmm. I don't know. Overrated? Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Something self-deprecating, undoubtedly. Yeah, it would have to be. What um, else are we doing this week? Thanksgiving prep kicked it off. Um, we are officially in the heat of Thanksgiving prep. Yep. One week from the release of this podcast, family will be arriving. Mm-hmm. We're hosting about 20 people Yeah. for Thanksgiving lunch on yeah. Thursday. So we got meat to buy. We got groceries yep. to get. That's the big plan for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We have a long grocery list. We, we need to clear out the chest freezer and get oh, it all no. ready and... Uh, We'll be good to go. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, we got to get a couple rooms prepped. I uh, got a whole bunch of curtains stuff finally ordered. Um, oh, I believe yeah. we talked about on that on this podcast in episode one. So, well, I'm really <laughs> excited. I'm guessing that next week's episode will still be in this backdrop with these chairs. Mm-hmm. But our episode after that should be our backdrop that we talked about all this time. At the very least, curtains. Yes. And uh, that is going to be a really nice change. It really will. So, and we're gonna get our sign, mm-hmm. and get that hung and Maybe ready get to some go. Neon. Do what? Maybe we get some neon. Ooh, I had I was thinking not neon because I was worried about the light. It's a valid valid concern. I mean, there are ways to definitely spice it up, keep that from being a problem, the light from being a problem. Mm-hmm. But since we take like so for the podcast setup every single week when we record we don't have a dedicated studio we record in our bedroom Mm -hmm. and so we have to set up and take down our setup every week yeah and i want to be mindful of that which is why these uh were a dumb idea yeah (laughs) yeah i thought you were gonna say that's why you went this direction and tell me about why it was smart and i was ready to listen yeah no um I was just going to go with something that could bolt to the chair arms so that it could go on and off pretty mm-hmm. easy. Um, but these don't fit on the chair arms. I'm, thinking I'm talking that about the microphone stands, by the way. I'm thinking the most redeeming value of these microphone stands was that they were $7.50. Yeah, I wasn't out a lot of money. I kind of wanted to toy around with yeah. logistics. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I support you. So, These but are also very heavy microphones, by the way. They are. They're heavy. Du- they're, they're real. Yeah. But there's we're- real ones that aren't this heavy. <laughs> okay. So noted we're working on it. And we also a huge thing that we need to do this week is prep all of our Christmas decor. Oh crap. So that all needs to be brought up and ready to go because that is going to be our new tradition with my family is we're going to decorate the house for Christmas um, after Thanksgiving lunch. I do kind of like the idea that we can sucker the family into doing it with us. That's kind of cool. Every other year. Well, I mean, that's, that's better than most. Yeah. Yep, I'm in. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, as long as I don't have to do it by myself with Joe. Yep. We don't do a ton of Christmas decor. Yeah, and then on the off year, we, you know, we are going to be here, right? Yeah. Heck yes. That win, is win. nice. All right, you ready for some articles? Yeah, let's get uh, let's get some reads. Fire them through. Let's see. I did not pull them before. I didn't pull them either. But let's be honest. Greg has been just an absolute unit. waterfall unit. A waterfall <laughs> unit. An absolute unit yeah, of articles. Of articles. The man's been reading and he's been sharing. You know what he told me today? What did he tell you? He told me that he's been purposely seeking out more positive articles since listening to our podcast. <laughs> Fair. 
I don't know if it was because of the podcast, but that's how I took it. I would guess so. I don't think he said that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Dad, if you're watching, that's how I took it. All right. You ready for the first one? I'm ready. All right. If you're new here, Greg's Read of the Week. We rate each article by the level of anxiety that it gives us. And Greg is your dad. Greg is my dad. Level of anxiety it gives us, level one to five. Mm-hmm. Five being the most anxiety, one being the least. I think it's one to 10, but yeah. Oh. Have you only been going to five? Yeah, 100%. Okay. okay. Should we be going to 10? We got to decide right now. Um, One to five is fine. Okay. Maybe I've been switching it up. I, I don't know. I think you have because I feel like you've definitely been like seven, <laughs> 15. I just can't keep nine. it together. No. All right. We're going we're gonna to go one to five today. Great. Okay. It'll be different next week. Don't All right. Worry. Yeah. And that's fine as long as we know what we're doing each individual time. Mm-hmm. All right. Students work to preserve monarch butterflies. CBS News. Oh, yeah. That gives me absolutely zero anxiety. Yeah. Same. Um, and we have a butterfly way station. I know. And I enjoyed reading about it. Okay. They I were talking I mean, about all that good stuff. Yeah, we stuff. also talk about if we've read we've read it. And I haven't read any of these. I did read this one. That's awesome. Yeah. And so it's the next generation of activists mm. working on the the population, which we are a part of that uh, next generation. We are by default. We have a way station. We're doing the most. We acquired a home that had a way station and we're mm-hmm. maintaining it. So mm-hmm. I liked that one. All right. Next. How much money do you need to retire? A good rule of thumb is to save enough to cover 80% of your pre-retirement dot, 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 fortune, Apple News. Mm, retirement. Four, three, you know, 3.5. It gives me about a four. And let me tell you why. Why? When the title doesn't fit <laughs> and it goes to a dot, dot, dot. It's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. It means it's technical. And 80% of my pre-retirement, I like my, my pre-retirement what? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing income. Yeah. I, I would guess so too. That That's and, really. And like for how many years? There's a lot of things we don't know. Yeah. Because of the dot, dot, dot. And you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast. If you have listened, anything with retirement, I'm like, oh, I'm 29. Mm-hmm. Can I not just be 29? I'm saving. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying. We're doing our best. But like, I'm also, you know. All right. Another one? Ready. Social security cheat sheet. A guide to your benefits. I mean, uh, two. Um, This did come with a text message that said, yes, I know it's a long way off. And yet you need to know a few things early. And I won't lie. The text message really upped the ante for me to mm-hmm. about a three and a half. Uh, the text message made me laugh because I was like, do I really need to learn early? I, I didn't read the article. I probably should have. Yeah. Did you? No. No, I didn't either. No. We're getting to it, Greg. We'll get there. I did. I, I read the retirement article. I didn't read the social security one because social security in and of itself stresses me out a lot. Mm, yeah. Because our whole lives we've been told we won't have it and that our parents won't have it, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to be going anywhere. You know, a lot of people depend on it. So that would be sad. Yeah. I like, and I, I guess I don't really understand how it works and I purposefully not researched it because I, I don't know. Yeah. It's something we're trying not to bank on. So yeah, it's like, okay. But I, it would probably do me good to learn about it. Yeah. We probably should be more informed than we are at least. Yeah. Just to be general, like better citizens. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Last one for this week. How to improve your memory and stop losing your keys. Mm. I think there was a text that came with this that was at Matt. Oh, wow. I don't think so. (laughs) That's pretty rude. (laughs) If it said stop losing your wallet. Yeah, for sure. My wallet has a little tracker in it now that I use at least once a week. (laughs) Also, I mean, nobody asks me where their things are more than you. Yeah. See, I don't ever like ask you where my keys are because I know you don't know because you don't know where your stuff is because you <laughs> ask me where your stuff you is. You move my stuff around. Mm, do I though? I'd like to talk about the circumstance right before we started recording this podcast when okay. I said, have you seen my green backpack? And you go, no. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I proceeded to search all over the house for my green backpack. And then I came back in and I said, are you sure you haven't seen my green backpack? And you go, well, isn't it in the closet where I put all of our bags? 
that that is that is true <laughs> guilty matt's like well, you never know where your stuff is while he purposefully hides it but you don't know where the stuff you put is either that's true yeah i i don't deny it but i just needed to bring up that specific circumstance you're right sometimes i do pick up our room yeah guilty guilty <laughs> yeah okay I, I you know what i will return everything to the pile where it was <laughs> okay Oh, you're really, really milking that. You're really <laughs> twisted it. Well, are we ready to hop into some voicemails? We're ready. Are we? Are we uh, in a good enough mood to hop into some voicemails? Oh, I'm gonna tear somebody a new one. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hi, Matt and Joe. My name's Tracy, and my husband Michael and I have started a YouTube channel about a year ago. So I was just wondering what advice you would give to new content creators and kind of what you wish you knew when you started. Love you guys. Thanks. Congrats. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, I don't have good advice for YouTube. Nope. I do have some advice for YouTube, but I would like to give the advice with the prior acknowledgement that we are not big YouTube creators. And so we're not even effective YouTube creators. Yeah. But there are some things I know you can apply if you're a new creator and you're interested in getting into content creation on YouTube, sharing YouTube shorts and sharing YouTube shorts consistently. Mm-hmm. I know it's really big. We've been told that by a lot of our friends who make content who are growing massive subscriberships on, would it be subscribership? Uh, yeah. Subscriber base. I don't know. Okay. But massive subscriber totals on YouTube from YouTube shorts and Mm -hmm. uploading consistently. And the other thing that I'm going to say across the board, regardless of what platform you're on is creating consistency. So your audience that is there knows that they can rely on you showing up. So for instance, our podcast comes out every Wednesday. Last week it did come out (laughs) late. It had never done that before. And we didn't know that that Uh, was happening. Yeah, We were traveling on, we would have caught it on wednesday if we had not been traveling from la on wednesday so then we got back for wiped out picked everything up tried to get like settled and then went to bed really early and then woke up and we're like hey we should you know check, check and on see the, how the podcast check did. on the podcast and it was like oh yeah nothing uploaded cool but your audience begins to rely on that consistency mm-hmm. and that's how you create community community and that's how you create connection with the people that are listening uh, or watching or whatever they're doing, respond to all your comments. If you can, uh, really talk with people about what you're doing and what you want to do. Uh, and, and don't be afraid of the feedback. Yeah. And the engagement of your audience is really what's, uh, of primary importance, not necessarily the scale, but it is funny. We were talking with, uh, some of the creators we were on this trip with, and that was like, honestly, because everybody can only really share what their experience has been. This is like, this has worked for us. It's really hard to say because really things work differently at, at like at a time in a setting. Like there are seasons of growth and there are seasons with algorithms, especially like in TikTok and YouTube and all those that um, different content performs differently so, and is exposed differently. But what you can always say is be consistent, have a message um, that, you know, have, have a point of view at the very least that you want to push and like that has is your value, I'd right. say. I completely agree. So know what you want to say and try and say it effectively. Yeah. But showing up consistently. Mm-hmm. like That's my biggest and best advice to yep. anybody that wants to get started. And good luck. Absolutely. And I think it's awesome that you're going for it. I think there are so many people that are interested in content and are just so nervous to take the leap to try because they're nervous of failing or that that's embarrassing. And I completely disagree. I think yeah. it's awesome that you're getting out there and taking the plunge. Mm-hmm. All right. Hi, Matt and Joe. Thank you so much for the podcast. I look forward to listening every single week. Um, Joe, I saw that recently you came out of retirement to do a mini shoot in support of cystic fibrosis. And I was curious to know what your relationship is with CF. While I was pregnant with my daughter, who's now seven months old, we found out that my husband and I both have a cystic fibrosis gene, which came as a complete shock because neither side of our family has had any known CF 
ever. Um, and so that meant that my daughter and any future children that we have would have a 25% chance of having CF, a tw- uh, 50% chance of just having the gene for it, and then a 25% chance of having nothing. So being um, you know, completely healthy as far as that goes. Um, it's definitely put a damper on the amount of future children that we want to have, even though my daughter was lucky enough to only have the gene, not the actual disease. So I was curious to know maybe like what your thoughts are, what your thought process would be going into that. Um, and potentially knowing that we would be, if we were blessed with more children would be bringing a, could be bringing a sick child into the world. Um, yeah, it's just really been a tough spot for us. And um, just would love to know your guys' opinion. Thanks so much. Wow. So, uh, one, wow, yeah. Congratulations on becoming a new mom. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, cystic fibrosis, my personal connection to it, uh, my childhood babysitter <laughs> uh, came from a big family with lots of siblings. And her older sister, when came time for me to take the ACT, ended up being my ACT tutor. She specialized in uh, tutoring for higher ACT scores. And she had had a baby right around the time that I was taking the ACT. Uh, Actually, two babies. She had twins. And they, I believe, didn't know they were carriers the Mm -hmm. same way. And one of their twins was born with cystic fibrosis. And so that kind of introduced us to the disease itself. Uh, And so Cadence Crew, all of us joined Cadence Crew and started fundraising. And then when I was out of college, I started working at a boutique. And the owner of the boutique, one of her best friend's daughter, also had cystic fibrosis. And so I connected with her and long story short, she ended up heading the fundraiser this year called Arkansas's Northwest Arkansas's finest, which is Mm -hmm. the cystic fibrosis foundations fundraiser for cystic fibrosis. (laughs) And they, uh, honor different business leaders in Northwest Arkansas. And I believe they actually put on this event all over the country, Mm -hmm. different chapters and stuff do to raise money. And so that is the photo shoots that you saw me doing was in order to raise money for that specific, uh, event. Yeah. But that is my personal connection is my dear friend, Caden, who is now 13. Mm -hmm. I believe she will turn 14 this spring, which is awesome. And in her lifetime, life expectancy with cystic fibrosis has changed tenfold dramatically drastically it's amazing we were in like you know middle school and like high school it was not it was early 20s i think it was younger than that that, i want to say teens yeah yeah i remember seeing a lot of stuff about that and it was like it was not into your 20s was pretty unheard of yeah and so i uh that's my personal connection to it Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things that if you know anybody that's been impacted, it's such a cool thing to, whether you know somebody that's been impacted or not, it's such a cool thing to do fundraising for and to raise money because they, the organization so clearly lays out where that money's going and they've gotten very few grants or anything like that to fund research. And so it's really the people who are, you know, doing all of this, you can see exactly where it's going and what's being discovered and how you're impacting lives. And the progress they've made so far too. Right. It's killer. Like it, it really, it's, it's spectacular. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, as for the situation you find yourself in one, I just want to say, wow, how grateful I am to hear that your daughter does not in fact have cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that I am so grateful that you guys found out that you're both gene carriers for it Mm -hmm. and that you were able to discover that for your daughter because having that information equips you so much better. And I, I don't know how to tell you 
like what my opinion is on children proceeding. What I will say is both families that I have relationships with uh, that have children with cystic fibrosis have those children with cystic fibrosis have younger siblings that are healthy and without cystic fibrosis. I I don't know though. Yeah. I don't know what that answer is. I don't know if there's genetic testing that can be done mm -hmm. or what that, path looks like yeah and then what decision would you make if you you learned the genetic testing like results that's that's such a personal choice that depends on your belief system and honestly what your your state's care situation is and all that kind of thing i don't know if it's something you can do via ivf either i don't know if they can do genetic testing on Mm -hmm. i I don't know I, i don't really i'm not familiar enough i think with what the options are to say what direction I personally would go. And I would definitely say I'm not educated enough to pass any kind of judgment on what, um, on what choice you may make. Sure, It's, I mean, it's wildly personal, but, uh, we support any choice you choose to make there. Absolutely. Like, it's good that you're thinking about it. It's good that you have the knowledge in hand and anytime you can have those things, um, you know, fuck anybody that has any, Anything negative to say about it? I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I don't know that this is a helpful answer, but that is my connection to cystic fibrosis. Yep. And I, I hope that me talking on it and the more that the words being spread about it, the more we see things start to change and we start seeing a cure for it. Yeah. Because it's just when you see how much progress has been made, and I think about this across the board. I mean, cystic fibrosis is obviously very different than mm-hmm. MS or Parkinson's or any of the other things that we are very faced with directly in our sure. lives. The The progress in the last 10, 15 years with medical research is unreal. Yeah. And I, I'm really hopeful. So I don't know. I would just leave on those words as like, I hope that you can find hope and um, that you find peace in whatever decision you make moving forward. Hi, Joe and Matt. First of all, I love the podcast and I look forward to it every week. My question is related to last week's episode when you spoke about the things you considered before your choice to have kids. Since Roe v. Wade has been overturned and there have been restrictions set in place by lawmakers in regards to non-viable pregnancies and when intervention to save the life of the mother is considered acceptable, have these laws changed any of your thoughts on possible future pregnancies? I live in a state where abortion is illegal except when a pregnant person is actively dying. And while I'm not personally pregnant or trying to get pregnant, I have friends and family who are, and I'm concerned for their safety. I'd love to hear your thoughts. That was so well worded. Yeah, very well worded. Wow. Honestly, ties a little bit into what we were just talking about. With, yeah, it does. Uh, genetic it does. Testing and those kind of options. Uh, uh, so I am a huge uh, advocate for Roe v. Wade. Yeah. <laughs> like I am Team Roe v. Wade. Uh-huh. Uh I was really shocked, and I think that was really devastating seeing it be overturned and. I know that it's a hot buzzer topic and people get really emotional. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand why when this is talked about. So I want to be so respectful of all in this conversation. But yeah, I mean, I, I would be lying if Matt and I didn't have conversations. We live in a state where yeah. uh, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, it was it, uh, it became illegal here almost immediately. Uh, we were we made the news because we made it illegal so fast. Yeah, and we and, were so ready to overturn it as a state that we just yeah. went and did it like preemptively. And I I stand by that. I think it's a much more complex thing that requires a lot more choice. I I don't think that any two pregnancies are the same. I don't think any two journeys for women are the same. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair that somebody else be a part of that very personal decision for women. Uh, I don't know how much it impacts our personal decision as a family. No. And, but I mean, a big part of that is because we have the means that if we had to go do something that our state didn't allow us to do, we could travel and make that happen. 
And I was going to speak on that. That's exactly what I was going to say too, is we have every privilege in the book. We're straight. We're white. Like we have financial means. Uh, (laughs) We're not the people that this is generally impacting. Not that it can't impact people Mm -hmm. in our circumstances. Absolutely. Not what I'm saying at all. But disproportionately, it's going to impact a very different group of people. Yeah. And so it's a privilege for us to not feel like we have to make the decision mm-hmm. to move somewhere. But the, but the conversation Matt and I have had time and time again, at least where things are right now, is if everyone who thinks like us leaves where we live then who is going to have thoughtful conversation with people who haven't thought about it differently yet? Yeah. And who is going to vote for the people who can't leave? Um, so yeah, it's concerning. And I, I just don't think it's a, uh, easy answer. Yeah. The thing that I always think back on is I remember having conversations with my family who's very, conservative and has religious beliefs around this that um that we're still um i don't even know if pro-choice is the word but like pro-medicine almost um i would say pro-choice and i I, guess that is pro-choice because the, the opinion was shared i wouldn't personally have an abortion but i don't think it's my right to tell other people what's right for them is right. kind of where people in my family came from with it, which is just to say, hey, my personal beliefs say that this isn't something that I'm going to do, but my personal beliefs shouldn't be the law of the land. And well, that's where like the whole church and state thing and all that comes into play. It's, I, I don't think it's the government's job to tell people what to do medically. That's, and there's a, a medical system in place that has a lot more information than the people who make the laws. Well, and I also, the thing that I keep coming back to in the conversations I've had with people, because we, we live in Arkansas, Mm. you know, and and we definitely have friends who feel differently than us. And we've had, I think, really thoughtful dialogue with a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really good. It's healthy to be having those conversations. And, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to is why do we think it's okay to take away this resource without adding any kind of resources for family leave, for maternity leave, for childcare. I I think until we get all of that sorted out, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure this should be even a conversation. If we were doing a perfect job taking care of every child, um, because there's, there's always this idea that, Hey, you know, well, just have the child and give them up for adoption. If you're not ready to be a parent. Well, if every child who was eligible for adoption was getting perfect care and the foster system worked perfectly and all this stuff, then I, I think you can look into, hey, you know what? Um, I still don't think that I would be on, like it's no, not- No, I still wouldn't be on board. But my then, but personal I, belief If you were system. fulfilling all those criteria, sure, then maybe look at it. Then but maybe we can have a conversation. I think we have a lot of gaps to fill with the situation as it was before, no. much less trying to- <laughs> I said that, and then I even feel guilty for saying that because even if all of that was perfect, I still don't think that I would feel good having a conversation. No, because I still don't think it should be the the government's choice. Because don't you think that if we had all of those gaps filled in perfectly, that women that were in situations that they had unwanted or unplanned pregnancies, they would feel supported enough to make make the decision that was right for them and if they choose that even with all of those resources that having a child isn't the right decision for them don't we think that they know best for themselves you would think i don't know it, it's uh <laughs> it's complicated yeah very very complicated uh and i get nervous i i really have i've i've really i mean i've spoken out on social and everything but the, the thing that i get really nervous about is i don't want to stop conversation because yeah. of you don't uh, want to ostracize people with beliefs that are different than your own yeah i don't um, because i think it's the only way that we grow and mm-hmm. that we evolve I, I i don't agree yeah but but it's okay if we don't agree on everything right as long as we 
respect each other. Yes. So. Yep. Okay. Last one. That was a really well-worded question. That was a hard question on the fly. Yeah, we didn't answer it nearly as well as you said it. So Matt and I do not listen to these before, so this is all <laughs> off the top, if you can't tell. I'm always impressed when they even like have anything to do with each other. Yeah. Or they're not just a repeat. Yeah. All right. This is the last one for today. We have a lot in the bank, so if you want us to be doing more voicemails, let us know. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Hi, Joe and Matt. My name is Amy. And first off, I want to say that I'm not really a podcast person, but I really love your podcast and I look forward to your episodes every week. So I'm 22 and I've never been in a relationship, but growing up, I saw a lot of unhealthy relationships and unhealthy patterns that I would not like to repeat in the future. So seeing a healthy relationship like yours on the internet is really refreshing for me. Um, And Joe said something last week on the episode. She said that the best relationships are made up of two people who are individuals. So my question is, how do you cultivate individuality in your relationship? And I have a bonus question for you. Um, When you guys decided to get married, um, what did you both think was important to build a strong foundation for your marriage? Thanks, guys. Wow. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. First question was... How do you build individuality in a relationship or maintain it? I think the... um, I don't necessarily... Like, it's not necessarily about individuality. It's about security in what um, you think and feel. Um, If you can be secure in your self-image and who you want to be and who you think you are and... um, if you can, you can kind of depend on that, so to speak, to say, hey, I know this is who I am. I know this is what I do. And I think I really practice what I preach here. And a partner that respects that. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you can lean on that, I think that's the biggest part. I mean, you can't force someone else to be an individual, but you can definitely say, this is what's important to me. So communication, we're going to this whole podcast, I mean, every podcast could just be communicate. Um, the more you can do that and the more effectively you can do that, the better it will be. But, um, yeah, just really try and hone in on who you are and what's important to you. And at 22, that's going to change. Well, and I think it's really just learning that. I think it's really important in a relationship to be sure that you're still maintaining your individual hobbies and interests. Yeah. I think it's really easy to be in a honeymoon phase with someone new and just be doing everything you like doing together. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong on what you like, right? There is nothing wrong with a season of that. Mm -hmm. I just think long-term it's really important that you still have your individual interests. And sometimes you can share those with one another, but having those individual relationships, making sure that you're still going out with friends every now and again and maintaining that. Yeah. Uh, what was the second question? Um, what was important before our marriage, but also I really wanted to compliment you for saying, Hey, I didn't see great relationships growing up and understanding, like, I don't want to repeat that. I think that's really commendable, um, to have that knowledge and to understand that going in. I think you're in a good place I agree. to just say, Hey, like I haven't seen the best things and I don't want to repeat that rather than launching in and like kind of steering But I also want to note for you, since you said you've never been in a relationship, that when you find yourself in that relationship, that first one, and you see yourself repeating (laughs) some of those behaviors, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, And that's how you're going to work through it. Mm -hmm. Because I think that there is this natural inclination from us as people to think that because we know we want to avoid it, that we will. That you avoid the entire scenario. Like I look at, I, I have so much love and respect for my parents and I think they did a phenomenal job. I had a wonderful childhood and yet there are still things that I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I find myself doing it because yeah. <laughs> when you're raised around it, it's part of you and you don't even always realize it. And so when you're in that first relationship and you catch on the first time to seeing yourself do something that don't don't panic and don't uh, fall into a hole of self-deprecation on that. Instead, like really commend yourself on having the awareness to realize that you're seeing that behavior 
and then give yourself the grace and the time to work on it. Yeah. I don't know. That's just something that I, I feel like could be really disheartening when instead it should be something to be celebrated. I for think. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as for things we did going into marriage. Also, I wanted to note as I was listening to this, we do not have a perfectly healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and I always want to be so upfront with you guys yeah. about that because I think it's really easy to watch online and to see us dancing and having fun and hear us on the podcast enjoying conversations with one another Uh and feel like it's perfectly healthy all the time that we communicate well all the time. And we just don't No, We just don't. I I think we both trust wholeheartedly that we are in it for one another and that we will work through things, but that does not equal perfectly healthy all the time. And so, um, we just don't film those and chop them up into one minute videos and put them online. Yeah. Maybe we should. Maybe that's what we need to really bring Ooh. people in. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> I don't think people would like me as much. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. People, whenever we're live on TikTok, always think that I'm mean to Matt. That is true. We said that whenever we met everybody out in LA this week. We were like, just so you know, Matt and I like banter and are low-key kind of mean to each other for fun. Yeah. So just be prepared for that. We do like a little... It's, it's not even like bickering, but like we just make jokes yeah you, we get some of that on here so yeah you're used to them you but. guys know what do you think things that we did leading into marriage or foundation that we laid mm. that's a good question um one i don't think we built it up too much um i agree the marriage part specifically um it's just a day it's just a celebration like what it is is an ongoing relationship so before you get married you should be in on that relationship you should be in on that relationship after too. Like it's, you're going to keep working on it. Um, so it's not like it's over. You're not married and it's over, I guess is the biggest thing. Um, understanding that it's not just, Oh cool. We did it. No more problems. Um, what did we do specifically? Man, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I think you noted a really good thing and that we went into it with, I don't want to say low expectations, Mm -hmm but we didn't go into marriage with the expectation that marriage was going to change our relationship. We went into it knowing that whatever relation, whatever energy we put into our relationship is what our marriage would become. Yeah. Um, I think that we really honed in and focused on communicating and something that we didn't do that I wish we would have that I think we're doing at a, a better rate now is I wish we would have done weekly meetings when we first got married. Yeah. And I, I've talked about this on my Instagram stories and people think it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think it's important that you're with a partner that this would work for you. But I think weekly meetings, whatever day of the week that it is for you, where you're both sitting down with one another to have an intentional conversation and bring what constructive criticism you have to the table when you're both calm and uh, prepared that that's what the conversation is going to be. Yeah. Because I think in relationships, it's so easy to get fired up and uh, defensive about things when you both love each other and you're just trying to make it work for both of you. And so having that like neutral state where you can talk works really well. And Maybe as you go on, you go from it being a weekly thing that you're doing to a monthly, to a quarterly, to a, because you figure it out so well, you don't need to talk. Like you don't need to communicate that often. Or maybe you learn new tools and you feel like you can do it on the fly more rather than Mm -hmm. scheduled meetings. But that's a tip that somebody gave us that I feel like has been really good for us is bringing things up in a really neutral situation. In that same vein, premarital counseling, like we didn't do that per se. I guess we did. We did that. an online we did course. That course, but um, I don't know anybody that says they regret doing that. No, like, in any way, shape, or form, whatever you want to take on uh, any premarital counseling, that they're going to talk about some of the things we talk about, but they're going to do it much more knowledgeably, and they're going to do it a lot more in depth. And they're going to give you gonna, better tools. Yeah, exactly. They're going to not just be like, "Hey, watch out for this." Good yeah. luck. They'll be like, "Here's what you can do." Um, any of that is all great things to employ before you get married. So. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. 
good luck. And also, at 22, you have all the time in the world. You, like your whole lifetime. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, you didn't sound stressed in your voicemail at nope. all. Uh, but I just want that to be so clear because I, uh, 22 is just, it's so young. I think anything in your 20s, I'm like, you're so young. We're still young. Yeah. Like, we still don't know what we're talking about. Absolutely not. <laughs> we still have so many things to figure out. Well, thank you guys for being here today on the new and improved version of Oversharing. At the very least, new. We yeah. hope it's improved. Yeah, but. we don't know if it's improved or not, but let us know. We're really looking forward to enacting changes and talking with you guys. Yeah. And uh, if you have any suggestions, please comment down below We're on YouTube. Ears. Shoot us a DM. You can find me at Joe Johnson Overby. You can find Matt at Matt.Overby on Instagram. And uh, yeah, wild. Here Absolutely. we go. Here we go. Oh, and rate us. Yeah. Rate, us and, rate us and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Or Spotify or wherever you do podcasts. All right. Bye. Bye.